This is exactly right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bananas, Minnesota. I'm Kurt Brown. Oh, yeah. We got a new Minnesota. Thank you for listening. We took the smallest, silliest podcast there ever was, and this is our little kind of quick bite, 20-minute in between, just Kurt and I talking to just each other. Just us. Just talking, really celebrating the Bananimals, if anything. Um, yep. because you we guys, wanted to give you more. You guys got some weird ass stories. <laughs> <laughs> we do, and thank you to all the bananimals who uh, email us, who direct message us on Instagram. Uh, for first time listeners, hit us up at the bananas podcast and the bananas podcast at gmail dot com. We love to hear your weird stories from where you are from. And thank you uh, if you signed up for Stitcher to listen to this. We appreciate Absolutely. it, guys. Absolutely. Um, yeah, thanks so much. You want to go first, or shall I go first? What do you got? I like when we dive in. Are you pumped on yours? I'm pumped on mine. Go for it. Okay. Here we go. So this one's fun, too, uh, Kirk, because this one came from Wes, period, T. It, I believe, is a female listener. Uh, Wes, T. Uh, and she starts it by saying, this was on Instagram. She says, hey, guys, I had to write in because I have a story that's the exact opposite of Kurt's mushroom and puppies story. Ooh. And for anyone who doesn't just, remember this yes, story. Yes, please. This was, I took mushrooms and went up on top of Arthur's seat in, in Scotland and at the end of the day, we were sitting down, relaxing, eating a sandwich that we had packed for ourselves. It was a beautiful, <laughs> perfect day. And literally, one of us said, man, this day couldn't mm. get any better. I'm no shit. We finished that sentence, and then a fucking puppy ran up over the hill, ran right up to us, and then we just <laughs> fed this puppy. <laughs> it's incredible. I'm jealous. It's like, that's one of those stories that your friends tell you, and a lot of times you're just supportive, and then other times you're like, oh, goddamn, I wish I was there. <laughs> so this is from Wes T. Thank you. I'll call you Wes from here on out. Here we go. So a guy I knew through mutual friends, I'll call him Dave, was really into psychedelics, and he would deal them out to people. We're from North Florida, and it's pretty common for a bunch of friends to get together and drop acid or eat shrooms while camping at the springs. So Dave and a big group of people uh, were camping at Ginny Springs, and one of his friends, who I will call Nick, decided to take more uh, to take more than a couple tabs of acid for the first time ever. <laughs> wow! So he could float. I know, that's ballsy. A, that's a bold move. Usually, people are very scared of acid. Acid's like one of those drugs where people are like. Very oh, yeah. reverent of it. Like, this is, you know, this is could be yeah. dangerous. I love that he Yeah, they think it's going to break their brain, but not so-called Nick. <laughs> he took more than a couple of tabs for his first time so he could float down the river and trip the hell out. So, they're all floating down the river, having a great time, and Nick, who's tripping really hard, spots a manatee floating in the water. <laughs> Manatees. <laughs> <laughs> Right away. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because, you know, everything is so heightened 
when you're on yes. acid and a manatee, a sea cow. A sea cow. Perfect companion uh, for a, a good trip. It would be a perfect companion. Oh my God, it's so funny. Okay. Okay, so they spot, uh, Nick spots a manatee, and manatees are totally friendly. Uh, we see them all the time. And Nick, in the throes of his LSD euphoria, thinks, quote, Holy shit, a manatee. I have to go pet him. Yes, of course. So. Of course he does. <laughs> there is no, once you see a manatee and you're tripping, you're not going to not pet it. Yeah, even sober, even stone cold sober, you're just like, I just want to touch that thing. Yeah. Like, it just looks like a big blob and they're slow and they're, I think they're herbivores. Yep. They just kind of chill. Okay, so Nick swims over to the manatee who's just totally chill and bobbing near the riverbank, and he tries to wrap his arms around the manatee. This is really hard to give a big manatee a hug. Well, as it turns out, it was totally dead, barely intact, and a rotting manatee corpse. The manatee, the manatee completely disintegrates in Nick's arms, <laughs> covering him in rotting manatee slime. <laughs> so this is this guy's first time doing acid. He does more than a normal amount, hugs a manatee, and it dissolves into his arms. Oh. Dave says Nick screamed bloody murder. They pulled him out of the water, and the poor kid sat in the fetal position crying for four hours. <laughs> this story is the reason I never take psychedelics at the Springs. Good for you, Wes. <sighs> but personally, I never would have stopped screaming. Love the show. So. Oh, my God. That's an amazing story. That's maybe one imagine? of the best stories we've ever had. I know. I mean, because up until that moment, and also, I, I've seen manatees. I've, I've been down to the Keys. Mm -hmm. I've, they're slow. They appear dead, dead. all they're, the time. They barely move. <laughs> <laughs> so this poor fucker just grabs them in a bear hug and just rips them apart oh. like pulled pork. Oh, my God. And also, that is like the acid is. Uh, I don't do acid anymore. I wish I had 12 hours to kill. I do not sure. have 12 hours to kill anymore. But when I did do mm. acid, it is like a knife's edge. It is, yeah. if you can ride down the middle of that knife, you're having a great right. time. But if you right. fall off, it can go dark real hard, real fast. And it just For takes a, a little thing. Time. And man, hugging a decaying manatee corpse would bum you out? Not on acid. <laughs> oh my God. The smell alone. The smell what? I mean, alone. Uh, but it's also, I think it's the turn. The reason the story is so wonderful, it is the turn between maybe the greatest animal you could see yep. while tripping and floating a river, and then it turns into a dark nightmare <laughs> of your own doing, and then there's, it's just so inconsolable. I feel bad for so-called Nick. Oh. I um, It made me think of this story that I've never told you. And I, I had actually kind of forgotten this story. So when I was a kid, when I was 10 years old, I lived on the street. And the only neighbors we could see, I'm going to call them, let's call them the Flowers. Mm -hmm. It's a very similar, it's their last name. They had a former canine, the police dog. And his name was Gunther. He was a German shepherd. <laughs> and his gu Gunther was mostly deaf, almost 100% deaf. And then its favorite thing to do was to pick up large rocks and carry them around. Like, like... Uh, Grapefruit-sized rocks, and it would just hold them in its mouth and just walk around. <laughs> so it was extremely violent. This dog was like out of the sandlot, super scary. 
Uh, it, it, but when it would bite you, its teeth had been filed flat from eating rocks all the time, so it didn't cut your skin. Wow. And it bit me in the ass one time riding a bike. I was just riding. I moved to town. Uh, my parents moved to town. I didn't move to town. And I'm riding my bike just down my street, and this dog charges out and bites me in the ass. And like my dad and the other dad had to like talk about, like, are we going to press charges? We didn't. <laughs> Anyways. This dog, anytime it got out, it would just bite the closest person. So that family, the flowers, they go on this vacation to Deep Creek Lake, Maryland. And for seven days, they were going to pay me $5 a day to feed their dog and water their dog, give water to their dog. So the way you had to do it, because Gunther, the dog's name was Gunther, uh, was so violent that you would have to figure out where he was in the backyard. And then, so I, would, I had the key to their house. I'd enter their front door. I'd look out the sliding glass door. If Gunther was on the deck... You had to go around the side yard and you had to climb over the fence because it couldn't really hear. And you had to like throw tennis balls at it or whatever till it saw you. Then it would charge at you <laughs> and you would jump back over the fence, go into the house, put the food and the water out on the deck, close the sliding glass door. Oh, my Already God, horrifying. I'm 10 years old. Yeah, this is over the summer. My parents worked, so I was like home. So I'd go over there every day. And so there's two crazy things that happen with this dog. So one, it rains. I'm from the East Coast. You're from the East Coast. Every afternoon, it thunderstorms yeah. for 40 minutes and then goes away. They asked me to put the dog inside when it was raining. One day it rained. And so not only did I have to – I had to get the dog in the house and then go around and close the sliding glass door. So you can imagine – I literally crawled through a, a basement-level window. I let the dog in, <laughs> ran downstairs, dove out a window, closed it, ran around the back of the house, slammed the door, and the dog <laughs> saw me coming and almost got me. So I'm feeding this dog every day. And one day I was trying to let it out of the house, uh, and I got stuck on the deck where I, it was coming out of the house and I knew I wasn't going to be able to make it down the stairs. It's probably about eight feet tall deck and run and jump. The, I knew it was going to get me. So I jumped off the deck and I didn't just jump to the ground. They had a trolley, like a wire that dog have a, you know, those yeah. things that they have like a little wheel yeah. They hook the dog on it can Goes run back, back and, and forth. forth. So I jump out and grab that with my armpits, like Indiana Jones style. And it, it, catches me it works and then i put my hands on it and starts to raise back up and a bee lands on the bridge of my nose and stings my nose so i scream and let go and the dog gunther starts biting me so i'm crying i'm stung in the face i run across my parents aren't home so my face starts swelling up so I'm t i call my mom or whoever my dad and they were like take benadryl take benadryl so i take benadryl so now I'm like literally stung by a bee, bitten by this dog. I don't remember if it had been fed it that day. So I go back the next day, and the dog is lying on the ground, and I jump the fence. I start throwing tennis balls and sticks at it to get its attention. Nothing. So I creep over, and I go inside the house, and I look down at it from the deck, and I'm like, Gunther, get up. Gunther. And I'm throwing stuff at it, and it's not moving. So just imagine the tension I felt because every step I take towards this thing, yeah. I'm expecting it to jump up and attack me. So I go over and slowly, I keep creeping and getting closer and there's no adults around. It's just me home alone and it's dead. The dog died. I like get to it and I could see like flies attack, like eating it. Oh. And so that's tragic. So here's the kicker. As if this horrible week... The vacation of their lifetime is the worst week of mine. 
So I have to call this family and no. tell them their no. dog, a 10-year-old. You're 10 years old. And, t- and tell them their dog had died on vacation. And they were like, what? I mean, it was an older dog. It wasn't yeah. like, until he shucked the system. They were going to pay me $5 a day for seven days. $35. No, they, they paid no. me they didn't pay me for the last day i got i got attacked i jumped off a deck i got stung in the face but i was the last maybe i had a heart attack after almost mauling me it got so excited probably you gave it like just a beautifully exciting last day you know, because that's all so. he wanted to do was bite some butts, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all he wanted he to do. He on me one more time, didn't kill me, I ran away screaming, and then just died, I guess, in the night. So rest in peace, Gunther. Sorry to the flowers. You still owe me five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, man. That's amazing, because you know there was a conversation between the wife and the husband. Of yes. Like, so what are, we're supposed to pay him $5 a day, right? Well... Well, the really he only did it six days. <laughs> yeah, the dog died the day before we got home. <laughs> Plus, we got to bury it. That's going to take a couple hours. <laughs> I know, but wouldn't you, a normal person, if your dog passed away while a child yeah. was watching it, a I would have given me. I would have given him more 50 money. Bucks. Yeah, yeah, I would have given him. <laughs> you just had to deal with a dead dog, you ten-year-old. <laughs> I know, and nobody's around, and no cell phone. No, <laughs> so I just have to walk back over to my house and be like. Okay, now I got to call the flowers and tell them their dog died on my watch. Oh, oh man, that's amazing. Yes, sir. Good story, Maybe the man Scotty. I am today. All right, thank you, West T. Thank excellent, you, West excellent T. manatee story. Here is one. It's for Mary Grace Kelly uh, on Instagram. Okay. She's M underscore Kelly underscore zero two. Follow her. Here it is. Hey, guys. This one, Scotty. This is a roller coaster. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. My name is Mary, and I'm a huge fan of the podcast. My story is crazy mainly because it's about a close relative of mine. Here's the story of my cousin, Robert Casey Richter, the plane hijacker, oh and how a movie star may have helped him get out of prison. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll attach links to articles about this, but none of them contain all the details, so feel free to use my summary. Holy shit. In the 1980s, there was a movement of extreme socialists who wanted the United States to become a communist state like Cuba was at the time. In an attempt to get their point across, people would hijack planes and redirect them to Cuba. Well, Fidel Castro didn't want all those American planes being redirected to Cuba (laughs) because it could have caused more tension between Cuba and the U.S. I liked Fidel Castro was just like, enough, enough with these plane hijackings. Yeah, (laughs) we don't want you. That's the idea. So he announced that whoever hijacked the next plane would be thrown in prison for 50 years. Guess who oh, was shit. just so happened to be the next hijacker? Yep, my cousin Casey. No. Yeah. So after telling the flight attendants that his bag contained a bomb, the plane was mm-hmm. redirected and landed in Cuba where he was immediately thrown in prison. <laughs> Imagine just being like this. I'm going to the homeland. And the homeland's like, we don't want you. Not interested. However, Casey's parents didn't want their son to live most of his life in prison, so they made repeated trips to Cuba to try and get him out. On one of these trips, Casey's dad met a man named Donald Hanna, who just mm-hmm. happened to be Daryl Hanna's father. Ooh, that's big back then, oh, too. She was a mega yeah. star. It was right around Splash, Splash baby. 
Uh, Fidel Castro just so happened to apparently be a huge fan of Daryl Hannah. Of course he is. Who wasn't? And they talked about her potentially coming to Cuba to get Casey out of prison. I can't find a source that says whether she actually went or not, but my dad insists it's true, so take that as you will. Anyway, after a few months, Casey (laughs) is released from the Cuban prison, and upon re-entry to the United States, he was immediately thrown in prison again. Of course, because he hijacked (laughs) a fucking plane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Welcome home. (laughs) After a few years, he was released, and he settled in Florida, uh, but then he disappeared, just dropped off the face of the earth. My family says he got involved with some drug dealers and probably owed them money that he didn't have. And that's the end of Casey Richter, which is a very funny oh, way of, ed- of ending that paragraph. Um, yes. The best part of the story, though, is when my dad found out. So when this all went down, my dad was in middle school, and one day after school, he was watching the news, because what else did kids do in the 80s? And yes, this was a national news as it was happening, when they suddenly started reporting about a name- man named Robert Richter from Illinois who hijacked a plane. After a few minutes, oh it suddenly clipped for my dad. I have a cousin, Robin Robert Richter, from Illinois. After that epiphany, he promptly freaked the fuck out and got his mom. Uh, Oh, my God. He didn't know. He didn't know. Yeah. My dad said that he wasn't super close with Casey or his family, but they live far away. But he does remember family gatherings with him. He said Casey was always perfectly normal with nothing off about him. So, yeah, I hope you like the story of my crazy cousin. Can't wait for new episodes of the podcast. Much love. Thanks. So nice. Uh, That is a great story. That's a great story. That's like a real, that's an international incident. That's an international incident. And I like. My God, Daryl Hannah and Splash. What was like the one movie where, like, do you remember? Like, I just re- remember so vividly being mm-hmm. around like between 10, 11, 12, and yeah. not knowing what sex was or anything like that, right. or even having ideas in my head about visualizing sex, but rather just yeah. had weird feelings when I would watch certain yeah. parts of certain movies. Yes. Like, yes. I remember, I'll ask you which yours was, but for me, it was the very weirdest one. It was On Golden Pond. <laughs> wow. Yep. That's a weird one. Oh, that reminds me of something. Because I, I, write something think they, I think at the dinner table, there's a scene, if I remember correctly, where like oldie, old, older people are joking around or like talking to one of like the daughters or granddaughters and the granddaughter's like it's called sucking face grandma or whatever and oh so they yeah kept saying the word sucking face and for some reason like 11 year old me all of a sudden i had a boner and i didn't understand why <laughs> that lit your candle <laughs> wow wow uh mine was without a doubt was uh phoebe kate um coming out of the pool oh, yeah. uh that was like what movie is that? Insidious yeah, I, or something? What's the name of that movie? Oh, yeah, where Phoebe Cates comes out of the pool and takes her bikini top yeah. off. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, that one. Oh, that oh, one. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. She comes out and she just like smiles. And they're like, they were because they were teenagers or whatever. And I was probably, I don't know, eight, yeah. ten, whatever it was. But I remember seeing that one and it, it absolutely, yeah, I just remember being like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't know what to do with those. <laughs> But I know that I like this, and then, you know, my dad probably high fived my uncle or something. But I, that you, I, so this guy went to like middle school with. We were hanging out, and then his cousins also lived all in this kind of huge spread. 
um, bunch of different houses. And one day we ran into this guy, Evan, and we were like, oh, God, I don't want to say his cousin's name, but I'll say it's Joe. We were like, what's Joe up to? And they were like, oh, my God, dude. We just walked in on Joe jerking off to Lorenzo's Oil. <laughs> now, Lorenzo's Oil. So I hadn't seen Lorenzo's Oil. I was young. So I watched it later in school. They showed it in school because it's like Susan Sarandon, and it's about a kid that has a, a type of disease, and there's an oil that has certain – like they basically figure out a way to cure this formerly incurable disease. It's very moving. It's a drama. It, there's nothing – in only if you like suffering could you ever get hard thinking about watching this <laughs> years go by i mean i'm talking like six or seven years go by and finally i see this guy evan and i'm like was joe really like you walked in on him jerking off to lorenzo's oil he goes what i go that's what you told me he goes no 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 carlito's way <laughs> and i go well that's a very different movie dude uh Totally different movie, and so for like six years, I just thought this guy Joe is the biggest pervert I'd ever met in my life. <laughs> but yeah, Phoebe Cates, Phoebe Cates, Fast Time at Ridgemont High for sure for me. Oh man, good stuff, Scotty. Guess what? That's the end of this minute. What's up, so, dude? Oh well, thank you. Exactly right. Thank you, Bananimals. Thank you to our great producer Katie Levine who puts all this together for us. Thank you to our intern Lisa Majid. I, yeah. I, put a, I put a soft G in there. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's not. I've only seen it written. Uh, listen, if you have stories, if you have a crazy story, send it to us. Email the Bananimals Podcast at gmail.com or go to Instagram, the Bananas Podcast, and DM us. We need them. We need them. We need them. Bananas. Bananas. This has been an exactly right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. <laughs>